Welcome to In the Valley. This is episode eight, where we are going to review the black and white fall scrimmage. For those of you that maybe aren't aware, uh, spring is our green and white game, and that is preceded by a competitive week where the teams are drafted by two coaches. Uh, So there's a draft that takes place, and then they spend the entirety of the week with that team that they're drafted on, competing in both lacrosse and non-lacrosse-related uh, events. Fall is a watered down version of that. Um, the teams are split more evenly, so we don't really have a draft. It's just down the line, left, right, left, right. Um, they still did some competitive uh, drills this week, but it's not nearly as emphasized as it is in spring. Uh, because I know uh, we got guest Preston Burbage on for today, and I know Preston really enjoys the green and white week of spring, and the, the fall is a little bit different. So uh, welcome back to the uh, to the podcast, uh, Preston. It's good to have you. Yeah, it's always good to be back. Uh, tell us a little bit about your perspective. Uh, this is your first year coaching and not playing in the black and white and green and white game. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you liked about the green and white game and then how fall differs just a little bit. And then we'll jump into to the actual scrimmage. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a good opportunity for guys to we talked about doing a lot of uh, routines, right? Like this is the first game they'll play together as a group, even though it's against each other. This is the first time they have a game day experience and credit to the coaching staff. They do a good job about making it very similar to how we would in a spring game day experience. You know, we have a, a set up in the morning of the fields and getting prepared then and then we do our whole entire pregame walkthrough as we would for any regular game day and really it is just setting the tone and the uh, schedule you know the habits of what a game day should feel like so that when we get to a real game in a week against cmu or byu it becomes more natural and it's not the first time you know you you allow yourself to have a little bit more of a a gap between that time frame, you know? Yeah. And I, uh, like, I mean, everything is identical other than, uh, pre-team meetings, which we usually do in spring. Uh, and we'll do some in fall, especially when we're on the road. Uh, it's identical to any other game day. Uh, you know, the teams are split up, um, and the field setup happens and we made a couple of switches to how, uh, the, the game is presented. We've switched the sideline to the far sideline. Uh, the fans are on the, the near sideline now. Um, so the teams are a little bit more sequestered um, and don't really have, uh, they're not accessible by the fans as easily as it was when it was on the other side of the field. So hopefully that allows for players also to feel like, you know, it's a, they're separated. It's time to get, switch that flip. It's time to get into game mode. Um, and so, yeah, that's, a, that's exactly what you're, what you said. Like we want this to feel as close to a game like situation as possible. So the first time, these freshmen are put into like coming up next weekend, provide a doubleheader uh, in Grand Junction against uh, Colorado Mesa NCAA Division II team and fellow RMLC rival BYU in a doubleheader. It's not going to be the first time they step on the field and compete uh, at this level. So um, give give us me or uh, give us your thoughts on uh, kind of how you felt yesterday went. So. Uh, white beat black 17 to 13 and you were the coach for uh, the white team correct yeah, correct exactly um, as far as thoughts on how it went yesterday I you know I think that there's we say it a lot in practices and other times but 
there's flashes of greatness, right? We have very talented and skilled individual lacrosse players who are also individual athletes that can do a lot of things that you're like, oh my gosh, like how did that happen or how did you get that, you know, to go? And I think there was a lot of moments in that game where I'm like, wow, that is a talented person, a talented player and a talented athlete, right? Uh, but on the flip side of that, it's now, okay, you can do that because you did that all of high school and that's the reason you got recruited here. But can you make it work in a system as part of a team to win a game? Because, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, every sports movie says the same thing. Like you got to put away your, your personal and um, individual efforts to be a great player and then put it into a team setting to make the team great. And it may not allow you to do as much as you'd want to do, but it allows you to win more and being on, you know, a sideline as a coach. Now you really see it in that light, a lot more of like, Oh, well, they're not trying to keep me from performing my best. They're trying to help the team perform to its best of its ability with my talent. Yeah. How, how do you fit in and, and make that? I mean, I think that's what's difficult is for some of these freshmen who are the big fish in their pond in high school and they get here and they're used to having the ball in their stick uh, the majority of the offensive possession for those offensive players, right? Or on the flip side, right? Like they're used to cr- creating all these turnovers on the defensive side. Um, and that's typically not the case that happens here. What you see is the guys, these freshmen that come in um, and hold on to the ball too long, or they're used to being able to beat their initial matchup, but and get away with having a, a slide be much slower at the high school level. Um, they get here. And I thought we saw it a couple times yesterday, where a guy beat a guy initially and the slide was so fast to his hands and so quick there that all of a sudden he, you know, he realizes he's in a double team and can't get himself out of uh, that uh, dangerous situation because he's not used to it. Right. And he doesn't know how to bounce, roll away or get out of there and get the ball away or make his decisions just faster. That window of your decision-making is, is so much smaller at this level. And especially with how, like you talked about the athletes we have, especially on the defensive side, like, there was, <laughs> there's a lot of athletes there that know how to play and, and know how to play well together, right? That entire defensive unit is pretty much returning. Uh, some of them are going into their third years playing with the third year playing with each other. So there's a lot of cohesion on that side of the ball. Uh, so exactly like what you were talking about, right? It's uh, for these freshmen coming in or, or even transfers, right? Coming in is just understanding how you fit into the scheme here. Um, and that's something I thought we saw glimpses of yesterday. Uh, right. Like I thought there were times we played okay as an offensive unit, um, and defensive unit overall and get, look, it's two weeks in. So I get that, uh, we're not going to be super deep into our schemes or, or in, even into our sets, right? Like we probably have a very surface level, uh, understanding of what we're trying to do, but there's enough returners there that we, I mean, I think we saw glimpses of it as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, for sure. I think that that's that, that understanding of how you fit into this scheme, that we over me mentality. Um, and I think we, we saw some of it yesterday, but not, not all of it. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, if you want to go through and kind of break down the phases of the game, you can see a lot of different goods and bads. Like, you know, if we go through offense, like we were super aggressive on one side, like one team was super aggressive and the other was super settled. And then, then it would kind of flop. Right. And, we want to be an aggressive team and it highlights where we can improve in those aggressive moments. Right. So for my team, the white team, we were super aggressive and very willing and able to beat our initial guy, like you said, but then it was the decision-making 
with that speed. That was the issue. So, you know, somebody dodges, beats their guy, draws a double, and then he decides to throw either a skip pass or force it to the crease instead of throwing it to the one more, who then his responsibility is to have a skip pass or feed it to the crease or be a shooter, right? So it's allowing your job to be simple and then allowing the next guy to do his job instead of trying to skip steps. And, you know, I think we caught our stride the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. I think we had three or four goals right in a row. One was a fast break. Two of them were settled sixes. And one of them was a a called play, right? So I think, you know, we started to get it on our side of the ball. And the black team also had moments where they did the same thing. But it's being able to do it for four quarters consistently, no matter what the situation is. And, you know, and I think that's okay where we're at. Um, But we have to be in the same headspace of realizing, okay, we did okay. And we basically relied on individual efforts for 90% of the game. But the 10% that we did do right, we did really well. Yeah, I agree. I thought, I mean, we always talk about this every year, but you and I were talking after the game and, and the other coaches were talking after the game. And, if you had to compare last year's black and white game versus this year's black and white game, how would you compare the two? Yeah. Understanding 10 times better this year. Um, just principles uh, and credit to Jake offensively and Marty and Tyson defensively and all the other coaches, coach Barnhill for organizing, but getting guys prepared with principles. Right. And, the guys from last year obviously had the same system that they could walk into. It's nothing new. So they get to walk into it with a better understanding to get deeper. So, you know, one of the big things Coach Arvin Jake has been um, preaching this year is, you know, what are the three things we need in every offensive set, right? You need, first of all, a dodger, right? Someone who's willing to go after the ball. He needs outlets on both sides of him, front and behind. And then he needs a skip and he needs a crease guy. So those principles are something that we've, you know, highlight in the past, but maybe it's not been sinking in as much, but because now we have a better understanding, it allows the guys, the returners, especially to make those things happen in a faster time frame. So it's not so long and behind. Yeah. The decision-making is a lot faster. And, uh, I mean, the, watching it from last year, this year, I mean, I remember walking away from the black and white fall scrimmage last year being like, I like, we may never win yeah. a game. Big ever. deep breath. Like, oh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, you know, we almost hit the panic button. I remember as a coaching staff being like, we, we kind of met and we're like, are we, are we coaching this team down a, a path that they're not, incapable of uh, understanding and performing at? Right. Um, and, you know, 24 hours later after watching film, breaking things down, uh, we understood, okay, there was a lot of good that we took out of that game and, and let's ease off the panic button, right? Let's turn those, you know, close that cap over the red button and turn the key and take it out. Like we're, we're not in uh, panic mode anymore. Like there's, there's a lot of good out of it compared to this year. Like we're, I mean, 30 goals scored, uh, 17 uh, by one side, 13 by the other. Like that's uh, both teams almost hit our average uh, goal scored uh, last year, right? Like one's just over and one's just right. under. Um, and the average is, you know, 15 goals uh, between the two squads. So just slightly under our average last year offensively, right? Um, and so I, I think it's hard to, uh, you know, when you're comparing the two two seasons, right? They're separate, but I think we're in a better spot where we're at now fall-wise than we were last year. Um, we say that every year, but I mean, it's a night and day difference. Um, and that's what happens, I think, when you get 36 dudes that return 
right? And you fill in the rest, rest remaining spots with really quality uh, players that have a good understanding. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with how what yesterday went, but there's a lot of things that we got to work on. Um, just notable, notable real quick before we jump into kind of diagnosing some player stuff too. There were some uh, significant players uh, out of the scrimmage. Um, so you had Max Sturgill, who's out for uh, fall. He had a broken thumb, just had surgery earlier in the week. Uh, you had Cole Felis out, uh, Patrick Fletcher out. So those were, you know, two of our four uh, rotational polls last year that got significant time are, were missing. Uh, and then David Parchment was missing as well. Uh, who's going to see significant minutes this year at the Cowboy position. So some significant people missing, but I, I didn't notice, I didn't feel like it was like, man, we've got, we've got some puzzle pieces we've got to figure out because of those absences. Um, I thought the, the goalie stepped up and played well today or uh, yesterday um, in the absence of Max. So Yeah, honestly, I mean, it is a tough position, the goalie position, because you get you. You're basically relying on six guys to do their job exactly, and then making up for anything that isn't done right. Right? You know, if there's a missed assignment on defense and you have to make a save, it's a one-on-one thing. You know, and those guys all stepped up, and two of them being freshmen, true freshmen, and one of them being mm-hmm. you know first year, really starting in goal. Tommy, now that Max is out, you know he's mm-hmm. one of the guys that's going to be right up. So it's uh, actually three of them being freshmen, you know. Yeah, yeah, three of them freshmen. James will be leaving on a mission, but yeah, he's he's a freshman too. So, so. I mean, we've got a lot of talent in that goalie room and a lot of confidence. Um, That is something that is a huge win as a one-of-one position, you know. So I'm really excited to see what this fall develops in those guys and how they can improve with the time that now they have extra time now that Max is out. It's really a good opportunity for them to step up and see what they can yeah, do. There's a, a really good opportunity in that goalie room uh, for guys to step up, right? Like, like you said, pretty much everybody that's going to see time this fall uh, didn't see a ton of time last year or wasn't even on the squad last year. So, um, you know, I thought, I thought they played really well. Uh, there's a couple of uh, like one-on-one saves, like you talked about, right? Like easy dink and dunk on the crease that they stuffed the guys um, and, and good players too. You know, it wasn't like the, uh, the offensive guys weren't, uh, you know, took a bad shot. It was just really good goalie play. So um, that being said, let's jump into here. Like who impressed for you? Uh, let's talk, let's talk black team first. It was a team that you didn't coach, but uh, who impressed uh, for you coming out of the black and white game uh, for the black squad? Yeah. So, I mean, let's start defensively because I was watching a lot of the offense on my side. So defensively, I mean, you have both the goalies played really well. I was very, very impressed with how James ended the game being down. Um, and, you know, basically every save matter. And it was a fourth quarter kind of game where it was back and forth, back and forth, and we barely pulled away at the end. So I was really impressed with how he ended the game. And then obviously Dylan was right there with him in the first of the game. So it was in between the pipes on both sides. Amazing. Um, and then for polls, uh, you know, Nate Dallas was good. He made some really good plays on ball. I think he's starting to get into a role of more of an aggressor rather than uh, someone who waits for the attackman to make a move and then adjusts. He's more willing to go after and make something happen um, without over-pursuing. Um, and I think, you know, that that was kind of the difference maker of the day, really, for when their defense was doing good and when it wasn't. They 
would either push out and pursue and do good things, or they would wait and let something happen. Um, another person who I really want to highlight on, he's on both sides of the ball, but Kimball, I mean, there was points, Kimball Matheny, he was playing Cowboy and then he was playing LSM and then, you know, he was all over the place. And I think he's very versatile and can do a lot of good stuff this year for us, um, as he did last year as well. Um, I think, you know, sticking with the defense concept on that side, just before I move over on the offensive side of the ball, McCoy. McCoy was playing lights out at the LSM position. Um, you know, every time he was on ball, it was like a constant badgering. Like the, whoever had the ball was just like, I don't have any time to feel comfortable, no space. I can't get it far enough away from this guy. I can't create separation. And that's a true mark of somebody who's good at LSM. If you can do that and then learn how to rotate in the defense, you are an All-American, you know. Um, and then Jack Baird. Um, I think of the day, he's my my MVP on that team, mostly because I watched their defense a lot. But kid had two assists and a goal as a f- true freshman. And then played lockdown defense and did it all. He cleared. He played our 10-man right, um, which is – He played that that – that 10 man spot really well, like for a freshman, right? Like understanding angles and understanding communication with the attack men on the point of contacts, where you want them to go and how you want them to stay like phenomenal. I thought for, you know, first time out running that 10 man. Right. And, you know, I think he is, his understanding is great. And I, you know, that's something that is helped by the older guys, but as well as by his confidence, he's very confident in how he plays and it's going to make a difference for, how our defense runs with another confident guy coming into the rotation there. Um, but moving on to the other side of the ball, offensively, our face-offs were tough because we have two face-off, two really good face-off guys, three, but one, one on their team, Jake Lundin, went 95%, I believe, on the day. And mm-hmm. not only that, but he was, he's an offensive threat basically all day. Like, we basically just said, if we can get a pole switch on him to right away, let's get a pole switch on to him right away. Cause he is a huge threat with this, the ball and a stick. And you know, he's an athlete. He can run through just about anybody. Um, and you know, how do you understate how important it is to have the possession of the ball, you know? Uh, and then on the offensive side, there was just a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, it's hard not to say every name on the list, but it's, you know, just sure. the highlights it, Nate played really well. He's now kind of at an attack position, which he started doing a little bit at the end of last year, and I think he's becoming into his own more as a shooter, and he's shifting from an initiating dodger to more of a uh, do-it-all guy. Like he can now finish and be the backside shooter, or he can initiate and find the right look. Um, And another guy who switched positions a little bit is Ashton Matheny. He came from Cowboys. Now he's one of our um, top omitties on that, on that black team. And he, he came out today, I think with four points, two goals and two assists, very respectable day. Um, And he did it in the right way. You know, I didn't see the big mistakes that we usually see from guys early on where it's, uh, you know, Oh, maybe had two goals, but he also had eight turnovers. You know, it was more of a, even day where it's like, okay, he had two goals, two assists, and maybe one or two turnovers, but that's okay. We're willing to we're, we're willing to work with that plus or minus, you know? Yeah, that plus minus is, is definitely agreeable. Yeah. Right. And then, I mean, 
I think, you know, last highlight on the day is Colby Roberts stepped up really big just because he, you know, he wasn't really in the system all out last year. But now I think he's coming to his confidence of like, okay, I know who I am. I know what I want to be in this system and I'm willing to play that part. Um, and really that, that was a big highlight to me is just watching that develop. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you, you hit pretty much all the same players I hit. Um, and it's like you said, it's hard not to go down the list and just give everybody praise. Right. Especially cause we know guys listen to the show, but, uh, you know, we want to be honest and, and, uh, fair in our assessment and what we talk about on this show. Right. Nobody just wants to hear us praise everybody. Um, I think as far as a couple of guys that I want to also touch base on uh, off that black team, uh, like you said, McCoy Fritz, really, I mean, he's going to be so disruptive in the middle of the field. He's long and athletic. And uh, like you said, he just, he gets out and tries to be disruptive. He's not, uh, he doesn't over pursue. He doesn't, he's not over aggressive where he ends up getting beat because he's putting himself in a bad spot, you know, with his feet or he's getting up over the top of him and allowing him to get underneath him because he's trying to pursue and create a turnover. Um I mean, Jack Baird, uh, I mean, that kid just continues to impress with his maturity, his athleticism, his ability to pick up a ball, beat one or two guys in open space and then run a break and run it effectively. Right. Like um, it just really, really impressive to have three points uh, as a close poll on the day um, on the losing side of the ball as well. Um, and then uh, I thought Kimball, like you said, versatile uh, Truman also looked good. Gabe Fankhauser. Um and then offensively, I think, like you said, uh, Ashton, and the thing I wanted to talk about Ashton with is um, it, it was kind of a quiet four points, right? Like he goes out there and just does the right things, makes good decisions, but isn't necessarily, at least yesterday, isn't, um, I mean, if you understand lacrosse, you understand that he's doing a lot of things really well, right? And he's not getting himself into the trouble where you're going like, oh man, like you're trying to do too much, right? right. He's making good decisions. Uh, when he needs to make, he understands his window of opportunity, right? And he's making, usually making the right decision in that time frame, right? Like he's either taking his own shot or moving that ball off and he's not trying to force anything, right? Like we talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode where our decision-making is guys feel like they either have to score or be the guy that like, they have to earn a point on this dodge, right? Like I've either got to score or get an assist and that's just not going to work all the time, especially in the system that we want to run. Um, and so we like that mentality of like, I want to go out and get a point, but I'm not going to try and force it to get a point. Cause that's, you know, we're in a, then in, we're in a win loss situation. Um, and so, um, he, he does that in just like a, not a quiet way, not that he's un, like not impressive, but it just, it was a quiet four points for him. Um, and so that's impressive. And look, if he can continue to do that every game, I mean, he's going to be in a really good spot. Um, then I thought Nate too, with Nate, I, it was, um, I wish he would have been a little bit more aggressive with the ball in his stick. I think he was trying to facilitate and, and get other people involved just a little too much. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I would have liked to see him shoot it a little bit more because uh, he's got such a great shot and he, he can now shoot it to where he's either going to, he's going to nail a corner or miss, right. Very rarely are his shots going to be, uh, especially for the angles he's now shooting at when he's lower rather than up top. Like, uh, he's not going to get saved a lot anymore. Um, and so I'd like to see him maybe have a little bit more volume uh, shots, uh, volume of shots. Um, and Colby, I thought Connor Green also looked good at times. Um, Zach Fankhauser off ball, I thought looked good. Uh, he, I mean, he produced off ball and he, that's where he, I think that's his bread and butter. If I'm Zach Fankhauser, I'm, I'm working really hard anywhere I get on the field, wherever I get on the field, he, just finding that back spacing in the backside and getting that shot off. I mean, he's just so good at that. Um, so that's, I mean, for black, 
I thought Black played. Uh, there were times where the Black team played, uh, like you said, uh, they slowed it down. And I know Jake was trying to get them to slow down because they were just so disorganized at times, right? And it was like, man, you guys can't connect on a simple ten yard pass. You know, like let's uh, let's get a little bit uh, uh, possession under our feet. And then there were times where like nobody was willing to initiate. Uh, where the ball was swinging around and nobody was taking a dodge. And it was like, man, we're, we're wasting time on the shot clock. Here. Yeah. And so, um, and I know Jake wanted him to slow down just a little bit. So I think some of that was they were following the direction that Jake was giving them. But uh, I would have liked to have seen them been as aggressive as the white team was on offense. Um, and, uh, but overall, I thought it was a, a decent day for the black Yeah, team. and I think, you know, just my my look on it and what I told a couple of our guys was just they were just thinking too much. It was just... Too much in-game analytics from the players, right? So they were worried about too many things going on rather than just playing, right? Like, and I think Jake laid it out really well in practice this week. It was just like, here, look, like here are some options. This is what we need to look at. You know, a lot of those options are based on <clears throat> what happens with the Dodger. So you can't make any thinking decisions until after the Dodger makes his decision. And again, you said they just didn't have a guy who was ready to go always and on our side i think we had only two almost too many guys ready to go always you know where it was like mm-hmm. we, we were yeah. running but like going a hundred percent all the time of i'm going to the cage i'm going to the cage i'm going to the cage and that was a lot of our timeouts and in between quarter stuff was just hey let's okay let's slow it down just a second and just say okay once i go let's all start in the same position and then from there let's just go free flow that's basically what i told them was let's start with the same dodge you know, either it's down the alley, over the top, or, you know, other variations. And then from there, it was just free flow. And that's what worked for us, was getting on the same page early in the shot clock and then just free flowing from there. So, I, you know, and I don't know what they were talking about in the other huddles over there, but I think it was just a little too much thinking going on. Yeah, and and I think there, I mean, it was like Dr. Hyde and Mr. Jekyll mm-hmm. um, between the two teams. Like when one team was like scoring the other one was in droughts right and then it would flip and go back and and a lot of uh black's goals came from um transition right like uh they had you know the, a pole with three points they had two goals off of face-offs um and uh one with ashton he was he faced off he, he gave jay um jake's breather there jake lundine jake had a goal early um and then they had some production really they're pretty well distributed throughout the attack and bid lines where, where the white team was really heavy uh, attack line uh, point oriented, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, if we shift gears and go over to the white team, right? The entire starting attack line had, uh, let's see, uh, almost 12 points amongst themselves, probably 13 points amongst themselves, with just a quick glance, you know, all three of them had a hat trick um, and uh, you know, Blake and Porter both had four goals themselves. So, I mean, some some really good looks from that attack line uh, on the white side. Yeah, and I, you know, uh, being a little biased from coaching them, like my look was it um, for their team was they were doing their job. It wasn't always in the right moments, but like a lot of those early goals were transitional stuff because of how the Cowboys and LSMs and close poles played. I mean, if you saw Seth during – Anytime the ball was on offense, he was taking as much break as he could because he was working his butt off, you know. Seth Wilkins on the defensive end. He cleared the ball a bunch. Mm-hmm. Mav, uh, Maverick cleared the ball a ton, right? And we had a lot of struggles in the beginning with that 10-man because 
we just were so ready to go and ready to play fast that we wouldn't put, pick our head up and see, oh, there's a 10 man coming. I'm going to get crushed. And, you know, that didn't work to our favor as much until the third and fourth quarter when we finally start, started to figure that out. But, you know, all offense has to start with a good defense because we weren't winning a ton of faceoffs mm-hmm. either. You know, uh, credit to Jake. He just, he was killing that day. And, you know, uh, Tyson Stidham did really well when he was in and we had a, uh, the ability to win some, but at the same time, it's just like when we were on defense so much, we had to rely on them to do their job to be able to even get the ball on the offensive end. Yeah. It makes it really tough offensively. Like you said, when, when you're not winning many faceoffs and, and, and look, Jake is going to be special this year. Um, and he was special last year and uh, it, it's tough because you have to get a stop in order to get the ball to your offensive side. So you've got to get a stop and then you've got to clear it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so if you make any mistake in, in those two facets of the game, your offense is going to just the, the opportunities they have to, to do their stuff is diminished greatly because they're just not able to have the ball on their side. And then if they start making mistakes, you know, your opportunities just dwindle so fast. And so, like you said, credit to the defense who, uh, was able to go out there. Tommy, I thought looked good in cage. Wyatt looked good in cage for white. Um, and then that defense that was willing to, I thought Jackson Blackham, Jordan Whitney yeah. looked really good. Uh, the freshman Max, uh, Ramey looked good. Um, but their eagerness to get the ball out of that defensive side. I thought at times, like, like you mentioned it, they were so eager to play fast and get the ball to the offense that they, I thought that they, uh, got in their own way several times with just missing simple, easy opportunities to reverse the field and let that guy just walk over, right? Especially with the 10 man, when you look up and they're going full, they, you know, they beat their attackman one-on-one and, you know, they think they've got him beat. They look up and all of a sudden they've got a pull on their hands and that attackman in their back pocket, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they just didn't recognize it. Now, oh, this is the third time I'm running into that. Like, Hey, let's have a little bit of IQ here and understand that well, what look up and see what's ahead of you, not just what's right in front of you. Um, and then understand how to beat that 10 man uh, along with that. And I don't think that's something that we've gotten into practice yet. Uh, with, with playing against a 10 man. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll get into that later in the fall. So, but I did think the defense defensive unit uh, looked really well. I thought Jace Muir um, looks really confident. Um, I mean, in all assets of the game defensively uh, clearing the ball and then running early offense. Like he looks really good. Bryce Anthon is always solid. And Jake Haynes, who's coming back from a two year hiatus um, on the team I thought he looked, he looked decent too. Like, uh, he didn't, uh, I mean, there's time, who was it that he, he was just, no, yeah, I mean, that size difference on uh, that was and, comical, you know, Noah's what, six, yeah. five, six, six, and Jake's like five, eight, five, nine. And, you know, I yeah. mean, Noah had a good day, but Jake had his number on this play. It was like three rollbacks. And then finally he did a two handed wrap check and just, you know, lifted the ball out. There was a double team and it was going the other way. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I like the vein you're kind of going in. I, in my highlights, I, I really, you know, I, I think our attack line produced, like you said, um, Blake, Blake is Blake. He's going to do a good job and he's going to do crazy things. That you're like, I, you know, no, 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 no. Yes. You know, like, Oh, it went in. Okay. And, yeah. and it happens often. So you're like, okay, I now I expect it. And then you had Porter who was just, you know, he was both hands, very confident. He made some good plays mm-hmm. and then there was some effort things he could pick up on later, you know, but I think that's his next step is, He's got the skill now. He's got to put the, you know, the little things that people are like. Oh man, like, I don't really want to, you know, put in 
all this effort into either like whether it be like backing up a ball or riding or something, that's the next evolution for him is putting that effort in there. And then, you know, Branson and even Brooks, you know, Brooks came in and had two goals on the day and an assist. And I think that makes a big difference to have a producing attack line, um, you know, to start mm-hmm. the year. It's tough to find guys who are willing to shoot and beat their poles. And I think we had a lot of that going on yesterday. Um, I think where we really shined the brightest was um, how fast we could play transitionally from their box, our box defensively to our box offensively. I, you know, we had a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of good moves by Cowboys. And like you said, you highlighted Jace. I think he was a big reason for that. And uh, Bryce, you know, in between the lines there, they can, they can really run and make good decisions in early offense that produce a lot of good points for us. Um, and then the only other, there's a couple other guys I wanted to highlight on, on our omids that, you know, they didn't necessarily put points on the board, but they were doing their job. And, you know, as well as I do that a lot of our offenses started initiated from up top through the offensive middies, you know? So I think mm-hmm. guys like Boo did a good job and Ty Armstrong did a good job about initiating and being able to read the situation and move the ball and, you know, Colin Fisher being a freshman, I thought he really shined. I, I liked the way he played. He didn't, he didn't make any questionable decisions where I was like, where were you trying to do with that? Like I could see what he was thinking. Right. And then it was just the execution of it, you know, and the speed of it really. Uh, after the game, you and I talked about, he thinks, you know, from the transition from high school to college, you have four steps after you beat your guy to shoot in high school. In college, you have a half, a step and a half or two to get the ball off to either shoot or pass. Maybe right, yeah, exactly. Depending on depending on what defense you're playing, but yeah, I think you know that one for him. It's it's how quickly he can now make the decisions he needs to make for mm-hmm. college. And I think you know that's that's a the speed. I, you know, I was thinking about it after the game. I was like, I would much rather be where we're at now than where we were at two years ago because two years ago we were kind of like the dog that you have to drag on a walk. Like he's overweight. You have to motivate him. You have to be like, okay, come on, we're walking. He's walking behind you, kind of tugging on the leash. And now we're the dog that's like, I am running. You need a 50-foot leash and it still pulls you, you know. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd rather have that to then say, okay, let's use this energy and this um, effort and put it into the right things now that we've seen it in a game live. We can pick out those things as a coaching staff and say, this is what we want. And let's put our effort towards this. And I think that's what the next three, four weeks of practice are going to be is great effort. Now let's be hungry to put that effort into something that's constructive to be winning games. Somebody who exemplifies that, right, is Ty Armstrong, mm-hmm. right? Like that guy has one speed and it's a thousand miles an hour. Um, and, and he's getting after it and he's up and down the field and he's a converted cowboy as well, playing offensive mini this year. Um, and, and look, I also owe Boo uh, Rare uh, family an apology. I kept calling him Boo Rare all broadcast long. So I've got to make sure I get that and get that out there that it's Boo Rare and not Boo Rare. Um, so I, owe, I apologize to him and his family, uh, you know, and uh, but I, two other guys that I thought I wanted to see a little bit more out of. And I, I, I don't think it was because they they're not good players. Um, I, you know, I thought they did well. They didn't turn the ball over Carter budge and engage Rudolph, um, both looked good. Um, but I didn't see any aggression out of them and that's not necessarily a negative thing, right? Like they weren't turning the ball over. They weren't doing anything wrong. Uh, but I want to see what they're capable of, 
dodging against a pole or dodging, you know, and, and initiating the offense or trying to generate their own shot and then making the right decisions if they don't generate it. Right. Um, and I just didn't see a lot out of them uh, on Saturday. And that's not necessarily a negative thing. Right. Because they weren't they didn't go out there and turn the ball over. Um, I just like to see see them test their own matchup a little bit um, and, and see what they have. Um and then, yeah, uh, Colin Fisher. Well, one thing oh, on those guys, ahead. actually, before we move on, I, you know, I think they're right now trying to feel out where they fit in. You know, you've got Carter Budge, who just returned from a two-year um, LDS mission, who's, you know, getting back up to speed and really wanting mm-hmm. to get after it. And then you've got Gage, who came from uh, Boise State, who's now trying to fit into a completely different system than what he's used to. So, uh, again, both those guys are learning principles, players, and speed. And, you know, of the three, the hardest is the speed. Because you need the speed before you can learn how to play with someone who's that fast and learn how to play with the principles at that speed. So, you know, I think give those guys a little bit of time and they're going to become assets for us. Um, and they and they did oh, good sure. stuff. Like yeah. you said, they didn't make any mistakes. Now it's like, okay, let's ratchet up the speed. So let's see where we can be at with that speed. Um, and, and finishing out the white uh, for me, uh, I mean, Blake looks good. I, I also thought uh, one of the things I liked about Blake that I saw on Saturday wasn't he wasn't trying to do too mm-hmm. much, right? Like he's the returning point point guy on the team, a sophomore coming in as the you know freshman uh, freshman of the year in the RMLC, and I I liked the maturity I saw out of him where he wasn't trying to do too much. He was willing to allow his teammates to do their job, right? He wasn't trying to do his and their job, um, which I think uh, you, I mean, you look at that attack line and how well uh, they did overall. I mean, uh, all four of the guys listed at attack uh, for white had three points or more on the game. Um, So uh, just a lot of really good distribution. And I think there's really good chemistry there. I know Branson and Blake spend time off the field together and, and and you talked on, uh, on Porter, right? Like, all the ability is there and I think he can look towards Blake and I think Branson has started to do that. Blake puts in a hundred percent effort on every ride. There are times where Blake is creating a turnover in the ride on the opposite side of the field because he's continuing to ride and work hard. Right. And then he generates uh, possessions for us by doing that. And, And if you can get three attackmen that are willing to work that hard, right. And we've got four or five attackmen that I think can, you know, rotate in throughout the year. Uh, if they continue to develop well, like if you got guys that are willing to do that, uh, you know, play after play after play, that, that makes it. I mean, just look at back at Boston College, right? Yeah. The game against Boston. We won College. from riding. Like it, it, yeah, we won from riding because they were so tired they couldn't clear the ball, and, and we just went on a twelve a twelve run, you know, and uh, or an eleven zero run, whatever it was. Um, I know we won twelve six, but it, uh, you know, that's something I think for Porter, like you talk about, be hungry for the ball when you don't have it, when it's on the ground, be hungry for it, right? Go and get that ball and do special things with it, right? Or do your job when you're in the ride, work hard, right? Like we talk about in our ride, one of the things, the principles is, is like, we're not trying to generate turnovers, right? Like we're not, we don't ask anybody in our ride to create a turnover, we simply say, do your job, be in the right spot and put pressure on the other team and they'll make the mistakes on their own, right? Like they'll create the turnover for us. Um, And so uh, that's something with Porter that, like you said, like I think that's the next evolution of Porter. Um, If he wants to continue to solidify a spot on that attack line, 
It's going to be the things he does off ball or without the ball in his stick um, that, that are going to earn him more time. It's going to earn him more time. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. Is that, do you have anyone else you want to talk about on those two? No, I, I mean, for, for me on the white side, I, I think Jordan Whitney looked really good. I already kind of mentioned yeah, him. I was really um, impressed with him. Seth, yeah, Seth looked really good. Uh, Wilkins. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, uh, I thought, uh, I thought white looked good. Um, but I mean, there's a lot, there's lots to, <laughs> lots to improve on after that game. So, yeah, you know, I, it's, we're happy with where we're at, but not satisfied with our progress. Mm-hmm. Got two big games coming up. Let's get into it this week and just be like, okay, intensity needs to stay the same, but execution needs to match. Yeah, that for me, the big the decision making and execution are the two big things. And I know Brian Brian talked about. It. I think every coach recognizes that that's that's where this team, like the effort, is no longer an issue with this team, right? Like you said, like we don't we're no longer pulling the dog along, right? It's no longer an English bulldog that doesn't want to walk, right? Like we've got a greyhound that we're like, Oh man, like this, it's tugging on. He just wants to go and go and go. Um, like the effort is no longer an issue with this team. It's ingrained. Like if you're going to come play at UVU, you've got to have high energy and you've got to be willing to work hard if you're on the field. Um, but, but now it's okay. Can the decision-making and the execution match the level of speed that you want to play at? And there were times yesterday, um, or Saturday where it, it, it did match right and it looked really good and there were times where neither team looked good in their decision making ability and their execution right and that that the the what you have to reduce in my opinion um to be really successful in the mcla is you cannot generate turnovers uh, unforced turnovers and be successful in the in the mcla but at any level of lacrosse, I mean, that's pretty obvious, but I mean, you can't give the t- other team more possessions than uh, 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 just by giving them the ball. Right. And so, um, and, and that comes with, I think, like we talked about is between the boxes, right. The decisions that we make and the speed at which we're trying to make it um, is, is we just, it needs to get better in that phase of the game. hundred percent, you know, and we're going to talk a lot about, offensively kind of way where we highlighted and where we struggled. What, what do you think about like defensively? I have, I have my own notes, but I, I'd like to hear what you think, how we did defensively and how those guys kind of did on short numbers. Cause both sides really only had two to three extra subs on defense. Yeah. And that's something I talked about on the broadcast. Like I was fully anticipating the score, a lot of scoring to happen late in the third and throughout the fourth quarter, just because, those guys had very little subs. I mean, which is why we saw Kimball pick up a pole. Overall, we've got a lot of depth on the defensive side between the Cowboys and the Poles and the LSMs. But when you split the team up, there's very little depth uh, for those guys in substitution for them. Um, something I talked to Marty West got about before the game, like, what do you want to see out of the defense? And he wanted to see him get out, right? Like, there's no distance uh, that we restrict players from getting out on, right? Like, and, and we want to, if we're going to get beat, get beat far away. So it's very obvious that we need to slide, right? And the slide has time to get there. Um, I thought the defense could have been uh, a little bit more aggressive um, in the sense of getting out onto hands and really pushing the offense out. Then there were flashes of it. Um, I thought they slid and recovered actually pretty well throughout the day. Um, that initial slide and recovery uh, communication happened pretty well. Um, I mean, there were times where guys were drawing one offensively, uh, but we weren't generating anything off of it because of how well the defense recovered. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, and then in the clear game, 
right decision making in the clear game. Like you, you, you work so hard to get the ball um, out of your end of the uh, the field, and when you turn the ball over in that process, it's just it's so demoralizing as a defense to have to play defense twice, you know, right in a row. Um, and it's limiting the amount of times we have to do that is is really important. Uh, what what about you? What are your thoughts on on the defensive on both sides? Yeah, so I, I agree. the The aggression is what gets teams out of rhythm. Um, but I also think we have to learn how to pick our moments of aggression. Uh, there were times where I was like, "Man, that was a great time to double. We missed it," and the guy saw it but didn't commit, or you know. And I think that those at those times, it's like that's where we jump from being a team who wins by a couple goals to a team who demoralizes somebody because they can mm-hmm. any any time you start to spark a fire, you just get pounded out by our defense and the aggression. And a lot of games last year were won because of that, right? Like we would go on two goal runs, mm-hmm. and then they would get a goal, and then we'd go on a, another couple goal run, and then our team would just absolutely just suffocate them on defense and you could see them give up by the third and fourth quarter i mean you look at gcu we really it was a it was a good game back and forth until what the third you think and then all of a sudden they could not put the ball in the back of the net no matter how hard they tried and it just crumbled their defense because they're like oh my gosh we're playing defense again you know mm-hmm. and i think that is where we can improve defensively as a group and realizing those moments um, and more specific stuff, I really did like our one-on-one slide recovery. It was the backside that I thought we had trouble communicating through. Yep. Um, that mm-hmm. two guy had to get in, play the two, and then to get communicate to the guy who came off ball as the recovery guy, recovery. sending him to the right place and bumping through to find the backside. That's where we were getting killed. I mean, 95% of our easy goals were just backside shots. Just someone hadn't recovered and, and gone to the right guy. And we ended up with a slow recovery with just a step down shot and, or, or an easy, uh, short approach, you know, so stuff like that. It was, you know, and I think that is credited to being tired. Cause a lot of that stuff happened on in late possessions or second and third possessions in a row. Um, but it's just, it's the things that we're like, okay, we're recognizing now where we're at. We're very good on ball. We're very good with our slide. Now it's the backside of the defense that we need to start to make very effective. The off-ball defense, which, I mean, uh, we talk about uh, and defensively, it's so important you play as an entire unit. I mean, it's also important offensively. But, I look, there were times where uh, I'd like to see, uh, to kind of jump back a little bit about what you talked about, was uh, a little bit more aggression. Like, there, there were two opportunities that stuck out to me um, where the – the pole would clear um, and then get the ball to an attackman and then would, would run behind yeah. him. Right. And he would bring two guys. He, and, and we, but the defense didn't double that. They didn't see that as an opportunity. Like this guy's got the ball in a rough spot of the field and my guy just dragged behind him and I can have an easy double team here. And there's no, he has no outlet. He, he's got to be able to throw the ball behind him. Like he's not going to be able to do that. And, and they just didn't take advantage of that. And so for me, it's being, uh, I'd like to see them be a little bit more advantageous of when, when, when there's bad offense, like taking advantage of bad offense, right? Like, uh, make the offense pay for being stupid. Um, and, and that'll come with time. I, I, we, you know, we've got some really good players, um, on that side of the ball, but I agree, you know, also, uh, that backside of the defense, um, communicating through bumping, you know, communicating with the recovery guy and bumping back to that backside, um, and, and getting back into a settled 
um, a settled defense and a team defense uh, it could definitely improve. Um, and I think like one-on-one, like you talked about, like uh, there, I thought we, there were times where I thought we slid when we didn't need to. Uh, need yeah. To, it was almost right? a little bit like, too slide happy. happy. Like we were just like, Oh, yeah, we're going like, to go. We, we went, it's almost, and that was so different than what we did last mm-hmm. year where it was, uh, you know, we we're slow to slide, right? Like we want to really make sure that that on ball guy is beat before we go rather than, you know, I think it was Colorado State would essentially, um, correct me if I'm wrong, my, my memory might be off on there, but essentially as soon as our Dodger happened or our Dodge, Dodger went, they were sliding, right? Like regardless of whether the on-ball guy was beat or not, they were going. Um, and so I felt like a little bit like that where I was like, man, we're sliding so often and I don't feel like that guy was beat on-ball. Uh, but but they did re- they did communicate well through that, that, uh, that pressure point of, okay, you, you know, I'm now on-ball, you're now recovering. Um, and, but like you said, that two guys got to communicate better on that bump so that we're not sending a guy 15 yards through the defense, but we're both splitting, you know, going seven and a half yards. So, um, anything else that stood out to you defensively that, that you feel like either was, did well or, uh, something that could be, uh, maybe needs to be fixed before next, uh, next weekend. Yeah, I get, I think, you know, it's, uh, patience, um, and not, you know, I think patience applies to, yeah, when we slide, but also patience in the clear game. We were so, and I've mentioned it once already, but we were so happy and excited about having the ball on our stick that we would just run and not realize we still have 10 seconds to reverse it and get it to the side where there's no pressure and no 10-man ride. And, you know, for a defender, it's like, okay, like you see everything in front of you and there's there might be okay options in front of you, but... If you roll back, there's a guaranteed option of an outlet to a goalie or another pull. And I think realizing mm-hmm. patience on the defensive side in slides and in clearing is going to help our game a lot more instead of just like this antsiness to, oh, I got the ball. Let's get rid of it now and get it to the offense. Yeah, and I don't mind I don't mind the speed and decisions that's being made, but there there is times where it's like we got guys that want to punt return, mm-hmm. right? Like and rather than run the, the clear the way we set it up, right? Which is like, hey, we're going to test one side. We're going to pull that 10-man over to the one side of the field and then reverse it and make him run to the clear opposite sideline. He's clearly not going to make it in time to do that. But I didn't see that happen. I don't think I saw it happen once, right? It was like, oh, I'm an athlete. There's a pull in front of me. I'm going to try and split this double team of turnover, right? Like very few times did I see it actually work. Um, where the guy was able to split the double team. And even then, like it, the ball was on the turf and it was a scrum and it wasn't a turnover because we are attacked and bailed them out, right? But um, that's another thing also that I thought too is I think the attack could have worked harder uh, to bail some of these guys out on the ride, right? These guys work really hard uh, getting the ball to their side of the field and, and the attack I think can can help them out and, and show some support and love for their hard work by working hard to get the ball from them uh, when they need to rather than, just kind of, you know, get out of the way and, and, and making good reads in that early offense, which we want to run. I honestly didn't see a lot of the early offense that we're looking to run yesterday. Yeah, no, no. There were times where it was there, but very, very few were we running what scheme we want to run early on uh, where there's good communication with that guy coming down between the, the, the ball carrier and the attack bin. So that's something I think with just time is going to get corrected, but I, I, I thought that was pretty absent yesterday. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, we're getting pretty, pretty close to about an hour here, but to kind of wrap up, sure. I think it's uh, – Marty actually put it in really good words. He just said, we, we are not 
hungry enough to do the right things yet. Like we are hungry to compete and hungry to be playing, but doing it in the right way is what we need to be hungry for. And that includes what you're talking about, right? The early offense stuff. We have to be hungry to fill our assignments, right? Be in the right spot, build our assignment and everything will work out. You know, it'll, it'll all either work out in a good possession or it'll work out into a good shot on goal. And I think especially if we get started now, it's going to make our job a lot easier to see those options going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, we're, we're two weeks into fall. We're six weeks or six practices in like for what the product that we saw on the field, uh, for six practices, I, I, I'm tickled, right? Like, I think it's great. Um, now, uh, I always am hesitant to say that, right? Last night I had somebody text me, um, uh, like late at night and was like, Hey man, how'd it go? How'd it look for you guys? And, uh, I, I told him, I'm like, I'm cautiously optimistic, right? Like I'm a little nervous cause we looked good. Um, and, and he was like, what are you, why are you nervous about that? And I'm like, cause I, you know, like we haven't arrived. I don't want any of our guys to feel, feel settled and feel good enough, right? Like I, they've got to be hungry to get better. They've got to be hungry to accomplish something new. They've got to be, uh, hungry to like, they've got to understand where we need to get better at and, and be hungry to fix it and, and move on to the next phase, right? Like we can't spend time rehashing multiple things uh, over and over and over again, right? Like, okay, we've identified, like Brian said, like we, had, we accomplished what we wanted to do yesterday uh, because we saw where, where we're deficient and now we can go out and correct that. The, the key to, for this team, I think, uh, moving forward is like, once we address something, we can't go back to it, right? It's got to get fixed and then be the standard that we run it that way all the time. We don't have time to go back and, and rehash the same things over and over and over again in practice. Uh, cause we're just not going to progress if we're not learning and, and moving forward. So, uh, but overall I thought like, look, really good stuff, right? Like uh, I was really pleased with the, the flashes of, uh, moments where it looked good. I'm really happy with, uh, but there's a lot still to be, uh, to be done. Yeah, and a lot more to be wanted, right? I think you're right. I think our goals mm-hmm. need to be reestablished in what we want to accomplish. Do we want to accomplish a good green and white game? No. You know, do we want to accomplish that we beat CMU and BYU? No. Do we want to accomplish that we even beat Westminster? Probably not. You know, what I want to accomplish is I want to get to back-to-back conference champions, and then I want to get to the semifinals or finals in the national championship because we've proven that we can get to the round before now can we improve yeah exactly and and look i think fall like do we want to win every scrimmage we play in yes but our goal is not to go undefeated in fall right, right? like it's to learn something about so ourselves much and get go, better it's learning about ourselves and get better right like reaching the potential the team is the next day right getting that one percent better ten percent better from from practice to practice and game to game right and you use those scrimmages to figure out where you're deficient right like Yes, of course, obviously, we want to go out and win those scrimmages and, and, and look good. But ultimately, what it is is, okay, are we are we becoming better as a team and better as individuals and better as coaches uh, because of what we how we approach the game and, and what we learn from the game and then uh, how we fix things moving forward, right? That's what I want to see out of fall is from, from uh, September to November, uh, we should be a drastically different team. Um, then, you know, from start to finish where in, in previous falls, I felt like it was like, I think we wasted time. Like, I think we wasted a month and a half. Like we didn't get better. That's got to change this fall for me. Yeah. Cause right now we've started off on the right foot. Now it's, you know, mm-hmm. jumping to the next step and saying, okay, I'm going to keep this stride moving. 
and not stumbling over our own feet, right? Let's just keep boom, boom, consistency, you know, consistency. Don't let it drop at all. That's what's going to win us the games in late spring. Uh, so, well, I mean, I think this was a pretty good breakdown uh, of the the black and white game uh, in fall. Um, and, and look, we've got a great doubleheader coming up uh, in Grand Junction this weekend uh, against BYU and Colorado Mesa. Those games are, I mean, it's a literal back-to-back. We get done playing BYU, and then I think we jump right into playing CMU. Uh, and they're 20-minute running halves. So, uh, you know, I just hope the guys approach this with, like, I want to get better every day. I'm going to get better between the BYU game and the Colorado Mesa game. And, uh, and what can we do to get better on the day? So, um, I mean, for me, that's it. I think we can sign off here unless you have any final thoughts. No, no, I, I think we covered everything we needed to. And, you know, really at the end of the day, it's like, we're proud of where we're at, but not satisfied where, where we can go. Yeah, absolutely. Can't be satisfied, right? Like we're proud, but not satisfied. So, uh, with that being said, uh, Preston, again, it's always great to have you back. I think you're going to continue to be the regular on uh, on the show um, and, and maybe even become a co-host here soon if we can configure out you know, times to do that. But uh, with that being said, hey, this is going to be it for In the Valley. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Hey, bring some fire today. Together on three, one, two, three. Yeah. Get back, get back, get back, get back.